welcome to the Nerd Party. Space, a Doctor Who podcast. I'm Jessica Nunn. And I'm our husband and co-host, Philip Gilfus. Well, we are fresh fresh off our regular flu shots. We are, yes. Yes, got flu shotted today. Uh, had to pay for mine, but that's all right. Ha <laughs> Paying for health care, loser. <laughs> indeed, indeed. All right. Well, um, we talked last, we talked last uh, time about... Uh, series 13, and so we're going to continue talking about another series of Doctor Who, but this time we're going to bring back our favorite first-time Hooer who's going through Doctor Who, and that's Charlene Schmidt. Char, welcome back. Yay! I'm back! <laughs> Watched another series! <laughs> <laughs> another one in the bank. Yeah! Making progress. It's nice that my husband has a weekly ritual now where I have the time and space, har har, to watch more Doctor Who, because he won't watch it with me. Uh, well, it's good to have your own series. Yeah, yeah. I usually leave the room when Philip puts Star Trek on, so. That's fair. Patrick does the same thing. <laughs> I don't. A lot of times I'll watch with him. but. Uh, yeah. She loved the motion picture. Loved it so much. <laughs> it's, it can be a really good nap time if you're just not into it. I was going to say, I think that would put me to sleep two nights in a row, <laughs> didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, but what we're going to be talking about is Series 6. This is the 11th Doctor second season. Um, and so uh, before we get into all the many episodes and ins and outs and mid-series breaks that took a year, uh, let's just check in. This is your second time or second season with uh, Matt Smith. So what are you thinking of the 11th Doctor? Oh, I like him. Mm -hmm. He's fun. This show is fun. The stories overall are really exciting and fun to watch. These really like these huge arcs that they do throughout the whole series. I I'm so invested in that at the start of the series. I want to know everything. They give you just enough clues to speculate. And then the real joy just comes in figuring out whether or not your hypotheses are correct or not. <laughs> yeah. And this is our first full season. Obviously, they, you know, Annie was there the whole time, and Rory's slowly introduced, but this is our first married couple season with uh, Amy and Rory. How are you think? What do you think of how these companions are doing as the married couple of companions? <laughs> well, I think I said last time I was having doubts about whether or not this was a real true bond. I mean, I knew Rory was invested in the relationship. I had my doubts about Amy. After this season, nah, they're solid. They're good to go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into it. Um, we start off with a bang with a two-parter, really, um, beginning with The Impossible yeah. Astronaut and Day of the Moon. Do you want to do your two-part uh, synopsis there? Yes, please. <clears throat> Part one. Amy Pond, Rory Williams, River Song, and the 11th Doctor receive a mysterious summons that takes them on an adventure to 21st century Utah and Florida 
1969. Along the way, they meet Richard Nixon, President of the United States of America, and former FBI agent Canton Everett Delaware III. Part 2. As Amy Pond, Rory Williams, and River Song are pursued across America by Canton Everett Delaware III and the FBI, the 11th Doctor is locked in the perfect prison. Against the backdrop of the first moon landing, the Doctor and his companions must solve the mystery of the aliens and the little girl. So what did you think of the the first scene of the Doctor dying? (laughs) It immediately asks the question, what the F is going Uh on here? (laughs) So it's the perfect setup. You've got to know. What the heck are astronauts doing in 1969? Who are these people we do not know? What is Richard Nixon doing in all of this? I mean... (laughs) It's the perfect level of absurdity for Doctor Who. Yes, yeah. And I sort of like the um, beginning off, like the first episode where you have, you know, you bring in River Song, which is always big. Um, and then oh, yeah. just having, you know, this mysterious, and then like finding out that the mysterious person is the Doctor himself. Right? Yeah, so it asks more questions than it answers, but it gives you just enough of a satisfying resolution to realize we're going to continue to get answers. You're not totally lost. So I feel like they're doing this really freaking well. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to keep saying that as we go on through the rest of the series. I mean, really, as far as the big arcs go, this one might be my favorite just in terms of how thorough it is, how well constructed it is. The execution is perfection. Yes. Yeah. I think one of my favorite parts, because I was trying to, I'm looking over the actor's name, because I couldn't remember off the top of my head, and I still can't as I'm clicking it, but uh, with Canton Everett Delaware III, um, not many times can you do this for real, but uh, you get to have father and son playing the same part, um, where you had his dad playing uh, Morgan Shepard, who you may recognize from Star Trek, Star Trek VI, um, on... Uh, Roar Pente. Oh, sure, yes. And then, of course, you have his son playing the main part, mm-hmm. Mark Shepard, who, of course, has been in several things. You know, Supernatural, Supernatural yeah. the big one. But, you know, Battlestar Galactica, I've been in a bunch of things. So I just thought that was nice little casting there, having father and son playing the same part. Yeah, that was a nice touch. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it was a very... Because I, I liked... Uh, you know, I remember when this... I remember this this uh, this series, of course, goes 2010 to 2011 so we're a decade um past this season when it first aired but i remember you know when it, the first preview that we were to get the, the nixon white house and so that was always a little you know ski moment for me so <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of the nixon portrayal uh i mean of course you always got to do the nose i guess um I, I, <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah I, I, it was very interesting you know it's sort of played straight for the most part you know, they didn't necessarily go too over the top as as one could do and just sort of had that little uh, mention at the end of, uh, you know, how will they remember me, Doctor? And like, oh, Dickie, you'll be one for the history books. <laughs> oh, we'll remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you worry, Mr. President. You're making the history books in a heck of a way. <laughs> <laughs> My first impression uh, was that he didn't look that much like Nixon, no. which is why I had to ask. Yeah, yeah you know, uh, Britain doing, you know, I'm, I'll forgive them, as I'm sure we've messed up their stuff when we showed on our our history. (laughs) No doubt. (laughs) Yeah, we got to let that slide. I mean, if that's the worst thing they did in these episodes, okay. Now, what did you think of the introduction, if you even remember them, of the silence? 
Uh, not a whole heck of a lot, honestly. Yeah, that that didn't really register very well <laughs> <laughs> because I think it's just they're introducing you to so many things. You're trying to keep track of all that's going on, and that is just this little footnote at this point. Now, with rewatches, okay, well, maybe I'll get a little more. I'll absorb more, but I was just really trying to follow what the heck was going on. Now, did you remember um, that this is actually a callback to the Doctor's very first episode of, of the uh, Prisoner Zero saying the silence, and the Doctor's like, what's that? She's like, the doctor oh, doesn't know. you know what? The doctor doesn't know. Oh, man. No, I did not <laughs> catch that. That was cool. So, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Which is sort of had a very um, epic, uh, you know, there's those epic moments of the doctor. You know, something we've, we've sometimes uh, have, uh, I'm trying to think of another word other than complained, but I'll just say complained, because the 13th doctor doesn't have, but you have the end of the day of the moon with the doctor you know in the uh i don't know it looks like their tardis or whatever it is they have they have amy captured and he pulls out the tv and you know reveals the plan that they had to uh basically <laughs> brainwash all of the world to basically kill all of the silence on site yes the note i have on this episode is this is doctor who does america <laughs> Even after they did that with the Eighth Doctor. Because <laughs> we got guns. Yeah, yeah. We've got conspiracy theories. And we have the moon landing. Yeah. Very important part of American history since it was Americans who did it. Mm-hmm. Well, allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who knew that humans went to the moon because the silence needed a spacesuit? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know. <laughs> and now you did. Yes, I was much more invested in the whole what is River Song to the Doctor or to Amy, you know, all the theories running wild in my head at this point. And so I'll spoil my what I was thinking at this point was that River was the Doctor's wife. I put it in my notes. Right. And then when Amy reveals her pregnancy, I'm just thinking, okay, they're going to go really timey-wimey with this. Who the heck knows? Mm -hmm. So... As we go along, <laughs> the theories change. Yeah, I was trying. So that was, was that, I'm trying to remember. It was at the end of the day of the moon where you had the doctor scanning Amy to revealing that she was pregnant. Or it was the yes, yeah. no, yeah. yes, no. Yes, no, it? yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really messed up, which I think gives away, mm-hmm. all right, one, something's not right, and then two, we're getting timey-wimey. Mm-hmm. Did you have any theories at this time of who the little girl in the astronaut suit was? No. Did not know at this point. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. I figured they'd eventually get around to it. <laughs> You'd hope. Some, you know, sometimes they don't always pay <laughs> off. But uh, yeah, I, I, I definitely enjoyed these first two. Because it's very epic. Because, you know, like the first season, not that it was, you know, obviously it was very cool. But it was, uh, you know, and you had sort of the Pandorica and all the Big Bang and, and all that and the crack in the wall. But it was still sort of low stakes in some ways. I mean, it was very enjoyable. We talked about it last time you were here. But this sort of the first two parts, almost like a movie. It just feels like this is very epic. You know, like you said, with going yeah. to America in real life, you can see, well, they're spending money and the production value is getting bigger. It's like you can sort of now they've sort of raised the stakes both in production and in story. Yeah, they really do open the season with a bang, which sets the expectations high mm. right away. Mm-hmm. And overall, I wasn't disappointed. Mm-hmm. I'll just say that right off the bat. 
it holds up pretty freaking well. And it always amazes me with this show. Every time I think that they've reached their apex of production value, mm -hmm. they step it up just a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Pretty cool. Oh, yeah. And the doctor wears Stetsons now. Stetsons are cool. Stetsons. That's right. <laughs> All right. Yes. Well, getting next is, uh, you know, this This is, even though first episode, it's really the first two episodes I'm counting as one. Um, often the second episode can kind of sometimes be a letdown in series. Like, you know, you start off with this big pilot or the season open, and the second one's kind of like, uh, and then it kind of gets eventually its motivation back. So you tell me what you <laughs> think of The Curse of the Black Spot. Go ahead with the synopsis, Jessica. The TARDIS is marooned on board a 17th century pirate ship whose crew is being attacked by a mysterious and beautiful sea creature. Becalmed and beset by cabin fever, the pirates have numerous superstitious explanations for the siren's appearance. The 11th Doctor has other ideas, but as his theories are disproved and every plan of escape is thwarted, he must work to win the trust of the implacable Captain Henry Avery and uncover the truth behind the pirate's supernatural fears, and he must work quickly, for some of his friends have already fallen under the siren's spell. And this is our, our first bit of, I don't want to say stunt casting, but this is, um, I believe, isn't this Hugh Bonneville playing the pirate? Oh, is it? I don't know. I'm trying to remember. Um, from uh, Downton Abbey. But anyway. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. But what would you think of uh, the... Sadly, the I haven't watched it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what you think of the pirate episode? So, it's kind of a half and half deal for me, mm -hmm. where the production value is really good. They're just knocking it out of the park with the special effects, and it's visually very beautiful. But story-wise, yeah, I feel like this one kind of takes a little while to get going. I, I don't feel like it gets interesting until the alien ship shows up. Mm -hmm. And then, then we're rolling. <laughs> now we're talking. I don't know. Maybe it's just because, uh, maybe I don't care as much for like the real old timey, this kind of particular time period, this kind of particular scenario. Mm -hmm. I'm not entirely sure. Mm -hmm. Cause like medieval type of stuff doesn't really appeal to me. It's just okay. Depends on what they're doing it with it though. And, yeah, after a massive explosion into the season, this one does feel like a bit of a step back. And like you said, it's a pattern. It's almost expected at this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it was, I mean, you know. And, oh, go ahead. Oh, and we have a CPR scene, which was kind of cringy and yet not. It was still dramatic. Mm -hmm. So... I know that doesn't make any sense, but <laughs> that's, that's that was kind of my reaction was, oh, God, they're doing the CPR scene. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's got to work, right? <laughs> yeah, I remember watching this episode and I think what, what works against it is having this epicness and this mystery and this potential arc introduced of the silence and the little girl and, and the doctor's death. And then the second episode's like, oh, we're not going to talk about any of that. Uh, so, well, yeah. Okay, I yeah. mean, yeah. okay, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. Gear shift. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, maybe this should have been like episode four, you know, if you're not going to talk about it. Yeah, because it's, it's. Yeah, you want to feel yeah. like, particularly because the first two episodes were um, sequel, yeah. um, you want to feel like, well, that's not the 
end, is it? <laughs> you know, you need you want to have yeah. some sort of something dropped in. We still we remember. Yeah. We're still there. <laughs> it's okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Maybe if this episode came at a different point in the series where we know, okay, we need a break yeah. from the bigger story, maybe it would have landed a little better, but it is a huge shift. And it's like, well, do you want us to forget what just happened in the last two episodes? Yeah. What What the heck, guys? Are, are, no, no, are, are I want more of that. Let's do that. <laughs> yeah, that's what we were sort of set with, uh, again, not to keep bringing it back, but it was the 13th Doctor um, when you had Spyfall. And then I forget what the third episode after that was, but it's kind of like, yeah, we're not going to talk. Yeah. Gallifrey and what, and the Master, whatever. We're moving on, moving on, moving on. And we're like, okay, but maybe, yeah. what? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> I kind of hate it when TV shows do that. Yeah. Like, I get, you know, production and everything. It's a very messy thing. But as an audience member, it can hurt. Mm-hmm. It can really take you out of it. And I think a few little droplets would not have gone amiss. Yeah, you don't have to just continue it, but you know, you got this momentum going, and you just sort of maybe just like you know, have some sort of yeah, two or three lines of okay, you know, we're still looking for that thing, but here we are now. Yeah. Now. Yes, uh, the big like the bright spot of this episode for me was the comic relief that is Rory. <laughs> He's so good as the comedic foil. Isn't he adorable? I love him. And it's quite hard to be a good comedic foil, I would imagine, against Matt Smith. No doubt. Mm -hmm. Who who has so much physicality and so much comedy in his body anyway. That, you know, when you're trying to be the comedic foil, you can't fall back on any of those things. You have to do something different a little bit unexpected so for rory it's the snappiness of his comebacks it's his words and you know something i just realized is he's not competing with the doctor trading quips or anything Mm. and it's not like they're just butting heads with their wit no he's just doing his thing he's doing rory this Mm. is who rory is yeah love it yeah Little bit surly teenager. <laughs> well, as a uh, slight tangent, uh, speaking of Arthur Darville and uh, pirates, uh, mm. we just watched um, the National Theater production of Treasure Tre- Island. Treasure Island, which may have been—I oh. forget. I don't know if it was around this time, but it was certainly I closer like to this was, than it is yeah. now. Um, and so he played uh, Long John Silver. So he played. Okay. The main pirate, so that was with eyeliner and everything. Yep, and uh, all right, false leg and interesting. Yeah, cool. It was good. It was good. Mm -hmm. So you got pirate fever, perhaps during this episode. Possibly, yeah. Maybe that black spot really did him in. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was, you know, not to skip ahead, but I did think it was very interesting. But I suppose it's also that you know. When you're watching this episode, whether you like it or not, you're kind of like, okay, one off. It's not like we're bookmarking this one. We might, we're going to use this character again for a cameo. You're like, okay. <laughs> yeah, honestly, the downfall of this episode is that it feels very forgettable mm-hmm. because it is kind of a one off. It's a distraction from the bigger story. Yeah. Yeah. Not exactly my favorite, but not the weakest of this series either. Yeah, it's, it's not, it's one of those, it's like, it's not a bad story. Or like, oh, ugh, but which we'll get to, in my right. opinion. Um, but it's just sort of like, eh, you know, I would have put it in a different place, maybe, so it can be more appreciated. Yeah, yeah. yeah just, eh, 
Yeah. Can we back get back to the other thing now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you piqued my interest. Yeah. Um, <laughs> next, we'll come up to, and and my only quibble, because that's good to me. Like it's a great episode, but not to color what you're going to say. I hate the title because you saw the title. You know, it's like watching Star Trek now. You'll get the title, but you know, whether it's lower decks or whatever. Like, okay, the title kind of sets you up. So this one, the next episode, Char, because you've had your theory now of River Song, is the doctor's <laughs> wife. So you would have been like, all right, all about River this episode, right? No, not at all. Zero. Zilch. No, nada. nothing. Not at all. Yeah. No, instead, you know what I have in my notes is uh, instead of do you want to build a snowman from Frozen, it's do you want to build a TARDIS? <laughs> All right, Jessica, give us the synopsis for That's the what happened. doctor's wife. All right. The 11th doctor receives a message from an old-time Lord friend. The message brings him, Rory Williams, and Amy Pond to another universe where they meet an alien who eats TARDISes. And I suppose I should note, this is Neil Gaiman's written episode. Okay. Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah. Because I was just, when we were talking, I was just thinking, like, this is... I mean, I think it's a great episode, but it is weird in a good way in tone. Like it's, you know, the um, I can forget the characters' names, but like the characters that's helping, like with their the, the made of like the Frankenstein characters, and they kind of talk in a weird way. Mother, isn't that what they call like mother and father mm-hmm. or whatever they call each other? Mm-hmm. And it's just it's, it's a little weird for Doctor Who, at least this season. But then when you think like Neil sure. Game, and you're like, oh, that's probably what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's very much Neil Gaiman. Yeah, it's it, he's it, his fingerprints are all over it. Yeah. <laughs> Even if you didn't know that he wrote it, you could probably guess that he had something to do with it at least, because mm-hmm. it is a very different tempo. But overall, it was fun. Oh yeah. And because it is a Neil Gaiman episode, it's going to be entertaining, and I cannot wait to watch this one in the future again, because what I I noticed myself doing with this one was second guessing the story all the time Uh what is really going on here and then i just had to really take myself out of that pull myself out of that and just sit back and enjoy what was happening like stop trying to predict what's going to go on just watch this thing yeah Yeah, especially because i think in my even though it's it's uh in many ways a horror episode you know with with amy and and roy basically being tortured uh in the tardis yeah um but but you sort of have this thing that's so small in scope, or I mean, th- that's not advertised because again, the doctor's wife, everyone's thinking River Song. I mean, I would think everyone's really thinking River Song. Instead, yeah. it's the episode that perhaps we never knew that we wanted. The TARDIS comes alive. Right? Definitely a surprise. Was not expecting that in the least. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> the whole Amy and Rory thing, it's funny that you say horror milk film because in my notes I say, uh, no, Rory, do, don't you dare leave Amy because this is the perfect setup where the person dies. You know, they should be like locking hands and not leaving each other's sight whatsoever. And they do the opposite of yeah, that. Yeah, let's yep. split up, Of gang. course, of course. No, 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 no. You never do that. Never. Never split the party. Do you want to live? <laughs> but I, I do like, uh, especially with sort of the new Who doctors, not that you don't necessarily see it in, in classic Who, but like the... Uh, you know, for the way they're phrased things, it's like, what? And why do you always call me sexy? What, what are you talking? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the banter was good. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But it just. So, yeah, overall, this was a fun one. I had no idea this was coming, though. Mm-mm. Yeah, and, and I almost wish they maybe had 
played it a little more that that this is what it was like something you because again when you're expecting river song and you're getting like what's this act what what's happening and but this, this sort of has one of those epic lines whenever I'm watching like Doctor Who YouTube videos where the, I forget what the, the villain's called in this one, but like, you know, um, you know, I killed a, t- you know, fear me, I killed a time lord. And the doctor's like, fear me, I killed them all, you know, and so. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But then you just get, again, nice epic moment at the end with uh, the TARDIS being let loose and the TARDIS and, you know, all that stuff, so. And you get the you get the old. Were you expecting to see the old TARDIS console, the Tenth Doctor console? Oh, right. Yeah, that was cool. So yeah, nice little callback. Yeah, <laughs> I forget. I for, I'm, and I'm sure there's some backstory. I don't know if they knew they were going to use it because I mean, at this point, it's been a year and a half. So I forget why they. Yeah, could, did they have it? Why they had kept it, or why they had it junked it? I guess is the real way to say mm-hmm. it. But uh, did they know? I know. that they were commissioning an episode with Neil Gaiman. He said. Hold on to that, would you? <laughs> <laughs> we want some behind the scenes on this, please. Yeah. Yeah. And then also not to tease, but certainly they had another reason to keep it. But anyway. Oh, <laughs> moving on. Does this have something to do with the 50th anniversary thing have... that I'm inching oh so close to? That might okay. be it. Okay. Uh. Okay. <laughs> okay. But yeah. I, no, I, I like to get to that. You know, it was a very sweet moment, you know. Get to, got to say hello to the TARDIS. Yes, you know? that was, yeah. I like this yeah. episode because yeah, she was, was amazing. Mm-hmm. The, the actress I want was to brilliant. issue a complaint. You've never taken me to places I want to go. Yes, but I always take you to places <laughs> you need to go. That's right. That's right. <laughs> what does the door say up front on the TARDIS? Put, why do you always pull? Yeah, anyway. <laughs> Oh, it's so much fun. Yeah. All right. Well, moving on, we get our second two-parter, um, The Rebel Flesh and the Almost yeah. People. So, yeah. Part, I want to hear your thoughts on this one. Part one, the 11th Doctor, Amy Pond, and Rory Williams visit an acid mining factory. A solar storm hits the factory turning the workers' gangers into self-aware individuals. The Doctor must mediate between the original workers and their rebellious gangers. Part 2. As the conflict between the miners and their gangers escalates, the 11th Doctor has to deal with Amy Pond's distrust of his ganger, while Rory tries to help Jennifer. Uh, I don't hate it. I just don't like this one at all. Oh, really? Yeah. I think it's got some redeemable qualities. Mm-hmm. Um, Jennifer's an interesting character. I like her. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I just worry falls too much for her. I mean, not romantically, but it just falls for her too much. I'm just like, she's the bad guy, Rory. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. But it's Rory <laughs> who just has this lovely heart. naivete. Yeah. Um, he does. And he's a nurse. Don't forget, he wants to help people. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I like so, I like the doctor versus the doctor. And I like now that is probably my favorite part. Um, and the twist at the end, because even <laughs> I don't I mean, I don't think yeah, I saw that um, where, you know, Amy's kind of being a little B for like a better word to the doctor's ganger. Um, and then at the end, they've switched. He's been actually been being a B to the doctor the whole time. So, um, um, yeah. yeah. 
Did not see that twist coming whatsoever, by the way. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. I rather like this two-parter. So I find it interesting that we all have different opinions on it. This is fun. To me, it's it's like the um from last series, it's like the uh whales mining dinosaur people. Uh two parter. Where it's just like Oh uh, right. Did we need two parts mm-hmm. for it? I mean, you know, I uh, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Oh, I don't know. That's a, the, you know, it got really interesting when it really got sorry. to the heart of the story, where you could just have gone with a one-off episode of, you know what, maybe cloning isn't such a great idea, and here's why. It doesn't take that direction, though, and it goes for, well, what is a real person? What makes them... It, it's it's like this uh, measure of a man, yes. if you will, to bring Star Trek into it with a Doctor Who kind of a story. Mm-hmm. And I can't help but appreciate that. Yeah, and also, I can't remember the exact moment because it's been a second since I watched this episode, but I know they do, and I always love it when they do this, um, when the Doctor's initial ganger is being formed, the ganger goes through all the regenerations like in five seconds. Like, I forget. I don't know if he says, like, do you want a jelly baby or what all the things he says, but we get a little Matt Smith doing some of the classic Doctor stuff. That was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you can tell Matt Smith is having fun with this, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, how can he not? Mm-hmm. Well, again, he's so fluid in all of his movements that and rubbery that this kind (laughs) of episode is just really lovely for him right this really showcases his talent i think in the same way that david Tennant got to have his moments Mm. with a certain just i don't know whenever he basically got to play himself multiple times it's kind of like this Mm. but matt smith is right there with him it's great yeah (laughs) Now, also, side note, mm-hmm. I had no idea that Muse was going to make an appearance on Doctor Who. Well, not an appearance, but be played on Doctor Who. I thought, oh, they're going for more contemporary music. That's interesting. Oh. But I loved it because Muse is one of my favorite bands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah they're not, <laughs> so, not afraid to play yeah. some music every now and then. Yeah. The acoustics in the TARDIS are not bad. <laughs> yeah, and it's also, to me, not to get too ahead, but that... I mean, as a, like as a two-parter, like as a weird way to say this, as a standalone two-parter, but you know what I mean. Um, like, sure. I didn't realize this is actually going to have repercussions in the arc. Like, this just seems oh, like a throwaway right. to me, right? Like, it's like, it is what it is. Not that the Doctor well, hasn't... Yeah. Like, this is a... Oh, I think you can only... Not only. You appreciate this only if you're doing a rewatch, because it's like the Doctor had a reason to go to this factory, because he suspected yeah, right. that Amy was a ganger, and... Yeah, it's so true. I had no idea that was coming. And, excuse me. You're right, though. More often than not, a two-parter is just going to be like a two-parter. And then we might have a little bit of fallout from it. But just to do, I don't know. It's doing exactly the opposite of what the first two episodes were doing in a way where we're not going to quite shift gears. we got to keep going with this whole thing. So then this takes us to... The, I don't know if you're allowed to say mid-season finale. I don't know. But certainly, if you were complaining about no epicness, epicness, we got a good man goes to war. So, <laughs> Jessica, take us away on yes. this banger. On the asteroid demon's run, Amy Pond has given birth. But the villainous Madame Kavorian and the religious order of the silence are waiting to make a collection that tears Amy's world apart. 
Across the galaxy, the 11th Doctor and Rory Williams are assembling an army to fight the battle that lies ahead, whilst in Stormcage, River Song prepares to escape for what may be the last time. For this is the Battle of Demons Run. On this day, the Doctor will rise higher than ever and fall so much further. And finally, this is the day he discovers who River Song is. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so we get the... Uh, yeah, this is the one we were all waiting for. <laughs> <laughs> In so many ways. Um, <laughs> this is what we've been wanting for how long now? Yeah. But we get the, uh, obviously, I don't know what to call it, Fellowship of the Ring, but, you know, the Doctor bringing in um, people people that we've actually are meeting for the first time. This is the first time we get Is this the first time head. we see yeah. Vastra and... Stratch. Strax. Strax yeah. and Jenny? Mm-hmm. Aww. I mean, as Char, this is the first time you've met them, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. I think so, right? <laughs> Stop yeah, me if I'm wrong. So. Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, I, I like how it, it to me that's it's fun, the funny thing about Doctor and Doctor Who is that you know it could just be that he brings back who we've seen, but this is the Doctor's had many adventures off screen, and the fact that he's calling in favors for people we've never met, you now can create your own backstory about whatever adventure, what Doctor met him, whether it was this one or another one. And but... Big Finish Productions will do Ooh. just that. <laughs> <laughs> and we get um, and it'll be awesome we get a oh, what's his face the blue guy DeLorean what's his that's not it but anyway oh yeah the Doctor Who yes Doctor Who <laughs> loses his head yeah, um, they have to do the joke don't they <laughs> but yeah what'd you, what'd you, well I don't know let's just start at the end then what did you think of the final reveal in a way, it's not that it was a big surprise, and yet the reveal was just so freaking satisfying. We finally got there! Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> they did a really good job, because I'm sure the expectations were really high to reach this momentous part of the story. It's been a mystery so long. I'm sure people were talking on internet message boards with their theories and what have mm. you. And nevertheless, the reveal is still trying to play with your expectations and make you wonder and second guess yourself if nothing else and it's good and it's dramatic and you're just like oh <laughs> <laughs> it's a seminal moment yeah it's great and so clever just yeah so clever really really smartly done mm. like did steven know because I, I remember i believe steven moffat has always written river song episodes um even when it was you know russell uh, did he know when he wrote the character River Song, and then when he wrote Amy Pond, like, was that on purpose? Did he know from the very beginning of Amy Pond that he was making oh, that name choice? I need to know. Uh. I need to know. Because the whole Melody Pond River Song thing is so cool. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, I just think it's gorgeous the way that all sort of, oh, just comes together. Yeah. Yeah, it is beautiful. And as at the, um, and this is really very subtle to me, and maybe too subtle, but I still like it that we you know we saw last season that uh, Stephen inter introduced the idea of the church as this army, 
basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we have in this episode the church army again, um, but the arrow enemy is the doctor. Um, <laughs> and, you know, you have, you know, and then having Madame Vastra and then uh, General Runaway. Um, and then, yeah, there's just so many moments. Any particular moments that jumped out for you for this one other than? Aside from what we already talked about, I mean, that's the real big one. That takes the cake yep. by far and away. Yep. Yeah. Rory in his centurion armor again, playing mess- Herald of the Doctor. Yeah, he does look good in armor. <laughs> Not going to lie. There's a reason why they keep doing that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I like, it's a fun one to watch on rewatches because it's the introduction of Madame Vastra and Strax and Jenny. Um, and so that's a lot of fun to watch it again and go, oh, that's where they started kind of thing. So. <laughs> I also That'll enjoy- be fun when I get to that point. <laughs> well, and I also just enjoy playing, I mean, for me, playing with a lot of stuff because I think, and I don't know if you would agree, Char, uh, with 10th Doctor, now the 11th Doctor, we've been sort of building up to, I mean, the 9th Doctor too building up to sort of like the all-powerful God, you know, that, you know, who can do anything and and that how he's become so powerful. Um, because in Classic Who, he's this bumbling guy who, you know, all usually wins, but he's not this, you know, all-powerful, whatever. And so, but you get this moment that kind of plays with that. You get that all-powerful Doctor who we've been enjoying, but then you get that, what that means or what that cost is, which River says, you know, their word for doctor means, you know, bad guy, basically. And warrior, and yeah, yeah. which I think is yeah. another really lovely moment. You know, what What have you... Yeah, you... that's a revelation. And yeah, now that you mention that, Philip, I have to agree with you. I think we've been getting little hints of that leading up to what I can only guess at this point is yet another really explosive moment. Yeah, and then just get that... And I love, because there's so there's a, quite a few moments this happens. I mean, not a lot because, of course, with the 11th Doctor or the Doctor in general, you don't often get him or her uh, emotional. But you get sort of that moment of, that Matt does of when he's like, you know, at Madame Vastra and like, you, you, you know, think you can threaten by getting close to the people that are close to me. And he just has that moment of like, I'm getting angry. This is new. Yes. <sighs> you know. Yes. He has these little moments, at least certainly he did uh, in the Tenant era, too, where he kind of just breaks his character just a little bit. Like, he goes a little further than you would expect mm-hmm. him to and then has to pull himself back. Oh, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. It's interesting. So I don't know where that's all leading, if it leads anywhere. Mm-hmm. But I- I'm guessing you just dropped a hint that, yes, it will. Well, there's, I mean, I, it's in the future of when he gets another prophecy that... The doctor has a secret that he takes to his grave and it is found. And there's a moment that the doctor mm-hmm. reacts when told that prophecy that you don't often see, that breakdown of the doctor. Um, but that's mm. in the future. Um, but or yeah. in the past. <laughs> so I believe mm-hmm. we get, is this the episode where we get the, um, whatever his name is, uh, with, the, with the prophecy that he has um, on the fields of Trenzalore, mm. the fall of the 11th, when the question is answered, silence will fall. Oh, golly. I honestly don't remember uh, anymore. <laughs> because <laughs> it has been several weeks since I've watched <laughs> these. Uh, because you know, the, uh, yeah, I, I just feel like um, they're setting up the next season. Not 
the next season, but they're setting up what will come because I mean that prophecy okay. you're not you haven't seen yet because you know on the fields of Trenzalore right. you haven't seen Trenzalore yet the fall of the eleventh the question yeah. will be asked and silence will fall and so what's the question and you've already met the silence but anyway so yep so anyway yeah. okay but yeah so we get uh, the semi defeat of the doctor I mean you get that very kind of emotional moment we meet the young lady young girl. Um, and she dies, but you sort of get that very making that person real for a moment. Um, mm-hmm. So the, yeah, this is true. The doctor faced some cost in this battle, and uh, and loses the baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I mean. Well, I mean it's the parents. Let's focus on them. The parents lose their baby, <laughs> um, Amy and Rory, and, um, and then that's where we end. And mid-season break. So in real life, this was a year. Like you, you just took, oh. you just watched the next episode. But this is one of those like, yeah, no, this was. Let's tune in next week. Yeah, no. <laughs> I did not have to wait to kill Hitler. Yeah, this was like Battlestar Galactica for people who are watching that. Would just do like year breaks, mid season breaks, and you're just like, jeezy, crazy. You know, before we oh. in this part of the TV area where we're now forced to get like like ten episodes instead of you know. The 20 episodes that we're used to. <laughs> yeah. So. Right. So how was the overall reaction to that? I mean, was it just a complete, oh, my God, I can't believe this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's like the whole thing of people who, oh, I knew it all the time or oh, that, that's really cool. or And so I think the, the River Song reveal. And, and, you know, I don't know. You can go one of two ways. One, I was glad we finally knew. On the other hand, maybe we never should have known. You know, I don't know. You can think of two ways. Whether you always want to just keep the mystery of a character or... I don't think it loses anything for mm-hmm. me. I don't think it loses any mystery because she's still in <laughs> because she's still working in an opposite timeline, mm-hmm. and so that's still very interesting. And we're not finished with her either. No. So. Yeah, one of these days, Char, you may want to listen to our episode where we where we did the timeline from River Song's point of view. Ooh. Okay. Cool. I should listen yeah, to that. Yeah, I have to do that when I... very well. <laughs> we had to watch a lot when... for a week. Yeah. <laughs> In a weird order. When I'm going to understand all that you're talking about, I'll do that. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I agree, though. I think River Song still has plenty of mysteries left in her. This is just one little puzzle piece. Yeah. Albeit a very satisfying one. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and again, a very subtle moment adding to the, you know, the Doctor's history, why he has a... Uh, Bassinet. Oh, yes. Yeah. And you've, uh, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The doctor has, well, I don't mean, I don't say the doctor has told, we don't, we, the doctor has had a granddaughter. What we want to say about that, but that's all we ever know. So, <laughs> so far. Yeah. So far. Yeah. All right. Well, moving on. So let's kill Hitler. In the, don't you think the title needs an exclamation point? <laughs> yeah. Let's kill Hitler. Let's kill Hitler. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Here we go. In the desperate search for Melody Pond, the TARDIS crash lands in 30s Berlin as the time-traveling drama returns for the second half of the series shown earlier in the year. The Doctor comes face-to-face with the greatest war criminal in the universe, and Hitler. Old friendships are tested to their limits as the Doctor suffers the ultimate betrayal and learns a harsh lesson in the cruelest warfare of all. As precious time ebbs away, the Doctor must teach his adversaries that time travel has responsibilities, and he must succeed before an almighty price is paid. 
so what did you think of this shark? Because I had thoughts, certainly. Okay, first impression was the title, Let's Kill Hitler. Oh, we're going to do another World War II story. Okay. <laughs> Wait, Doctor Who? I understand. Right? Yeah, and especially, I know British TV loves to do World War II stuff. I get it. War is drama, and it makes for good TV. But, again? <laughs> but then, the production value in this episode is crazy good, mm-hmm. and it's already at this massively high bar. And... The whole thing with, you know, Mel's melody and what have you, everything that we get a reveal of that uh, their their child is a Time Lord born of the TARDIS, that was cool. Did not see that part coming. Did not realize that that's where this was all going. (laughs) So all in all, I had fun with it. It was good. This, and I think this episode sets itself up for a challenge that's hard to me. I mean, look, they wrote the episode. They didn't have to. Um, but, like, the, the hardest thing about the River Song timeline, based on her very first meeting with Tennant in the library, how are you going to show, if you want to, the Doctor and River meeting? And how that meeting, which obviously is going to happen in reverse order, I mean, is it this epic meeting? Is, is it a meet-cute? Like, what is it? What is it? And, and I think... Not that it's a bad episode, but it's like, I didn't, you know, that that it, that creates her falling in love with him. I mean, it didn't have to happen in the exact second they meet, but to me, I, like, I, I didn't get River falling in love with him. Like, this episode, like, mm. she saves his, and like, I don't know. She just regenerated. Maybe. She's out of her, you know, she's a little cr- crazy like anyone does, in Virginia, <laughs> but... I, 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 Emotions are probably yeah. all over the place right now in that moment. They just sure. made it too easy, I guess, is my complaint. Like, oh, she just instantly gives all the regenerations to him, so solves that problem. Um, and then, uh, you know, and then so it's like, okay. I feel like we checked a box there. Yeah, <laughs> and and I really love the, um, the workings of this episode a lot. You know, the back and forth of it's a banana. Is it a gun? Have I taken the, you know, and, (laughs) and Matt Smith gets this amazing moment when he's being poisoned that he gets to do all of his floppiness in top hat and tails. Yeah. I mean, it's just all of that. I think is just gorgeous. The mechanics of this episode. I didn't like the idea that Mel was an old friend. Retcon that up the wazoo. Because we've never heard of her. And now all of a sudden, and we have seen some of Rory and Amy's past stuff. And now all of a sudden there's this. And I understand that now, possibly it's all now new memories that didn't exist before. Like, I understand that theoretically, but it was a hard pill to swallow. It might have been a better payoff if we had known about, uh, you know, some of little Amelia's friends. Yes. A little yeah. more. Sure. I can see where you're coming from on that. And I can also see how maybe this episode would fall a little short upon further rewatches. Mm. Where there's some good stuff in here, but maybe it is a little too easy. And as a first timer, I'm not picking up on that because it's brand new. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, that said, this is... This is part of the setup, isn't it? You know, this this is a big portion of the ultimate payoff. Mm-hmm. True. And, and I and another 
not problem, but well, I don't think I'm giving anything away because you've seen the whole rest of the season, obviously. Like this whole like we lost the baby, and then like this episode begins with like, so doctor, did you find the baby? Nope, didn't find the baby. Shrug. <laughs> All right, moving on. I'm like, Amy and Rory have lost their, and no one seems to give a blank. Nonetheless, them. Uh, okay. This is true. This is true. We're focusing on other things, I guess, in a manner of trying to distract us from the fact that there's this missing kid. Mm. And we like, we're going to deal with that later, obviously. <laughs> and, and I think there could have been a lot of beauty in a grieving process given to Amy and Rose. Because I think as actors, they totally could have handled oh, yeah. it. And that would yeah, have been really Yeah, they really lovely. should have done that. Yeah, because I mean, the, yeah. there's. I mean, we'll talk about an episode in the few in a couple minutes here, um, where we get that range with the girl who waited. Um, but like, we're just sort of like, you know, the emotionalism, the sci-fi wave of like. I mean, yeah, they lost the baby, but really, they got River. It's the same thing. I'm like, they, like Amy just had a baby and then lost it and right? kidnapped. Also, these are newlyweds, so they've just barely made their their commitment official. Even though they'd been together for some time, but you know, just getting married really it does a little bit of a different thing to the psyche, I think, where it it's for real, real. <laughs> you can't, it's not as easy for take backsies, essentially. Yeah. And and then yeah, they they conceive their child like what is it on their honeymoon night, <laughs> something like that, like right away. I think it was right the yeah. freak away. And then now they lose their kid. They've got to be having some thoughts and feelings about that and maybe even if they weren't trying to get pregnant i mean the fact that they even were about to have a child hello your life is going to change tremendously we're not talking about that yeah and now you've okay. got a grown woman psychopath which psychopath <laughs> which is fine and i'm sure she's lovely but where's my baby all the things yeah. you missed and yeah yeah yeah, because they don't. Yeah. Okay. So I guess yeah, yeah we should have gone there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like I said, I'm not that don't put all the weight on this ep- one episode, but it's, it's 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 what every TV series does, and I'm sure I've said this on every podcast I've ever been on. Let's introduce a baby, okay? Like you know, though, a baby in real life is there like all the time, like all the time, not just the thing <laughs> you can show once every five minutes an episode and disappear. Like someone has to take right. care of the kid, like at all times. And I get that babies on a set are very difficult and you can only use them for so long and what have you. So if you don't want to deal with that, there shouldn't be a kid. Yep. yep. I mean, then they're a toddler and then they're, you know, and then they're in there and, you know, you just can't be like, yeah, they yeah. have a kid and you never see them. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But anyway. All right. Now we get to night terrors. Oh, yeah. Ah, Yes. The 11th Doctor receives a distress call, bringing him, Amy Pond, and Rory Williams to Earth. George is a young boy terrorized by the monsters in his cupboard. Are they imaginary, or are they real? So, and before we get into, like, this would have been a great way to pivot to that, because now they're having to take care, quote-unquote, of this boy. You don't think that triggered anything in Amy and Rory? But anyway. Right? This would have maybe added a whole needed dimension to this episode. It is, for me, the weakest of the whole series. I didn't really care that much for it. It's, it goes for kind of like the creepy, not quite horror factor, but it's going for like the thriller suspense angle. And 
Uh, I mean, I, I thought it was creepy. You don't like the, the big doll heads? Definitely it was creepy. creepy. Yeah, the creepy dolls are creepy. They, they got the creepy factor right. <laughs> it's just I don't really care that yeah. much with it. And so this is where it falls short for me is, like, is the doctor now the head of the Make-A-Wish Foundation or something? He's just getting any old request and answering it? Yeah, yeah. Where did this come from? It's, it just struck me as odd. Mm-hmm. And then the whole going door-to-door thing. Isn't that something the sonic screwdriver could take care of? <laughs> I mean, I know we're getting it for dramatic effect, but come on. We've seen the Sonic do far more than this. Can't, so can't work the, that on just, wood. <laughs> can, can do all sorts of things, just not that. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. It's, just, it's not even that it's badly done necessarily. I just did not get into it. And then to put another nail into the coffin for me was, oh, we're going to get the death reminders again. Let's just go to this again and again. That's something that I get a little tired of because they just have to keep reminding us every single episode from basically this point forward that the doctor is going to die. Yeah, we know. We don't need to be reminded of this. Mm-hmm. It's the crack in the wall. What do you want? Yeah. Um, <laughs> next, we get... Now this, it's been a while since I've watched this, but I think this one, I re- kind of remember being kind of a lot of drama. The Girl Who Waited. Mm-hmm. The 11th Doctor, Rory Williams and Amy Pond, land on Appalachia in the middle of a plague. Amy is left behind, and the Doctor and Rory must save her. But time for Amy is running at a different speed. So what do you think of Karen Gillum's chance to play a different kind of role? Older Amy. Well, she... She certainly shines. It's definitely a showcase for her and her talents, and she knocks it out of the park. She's great. Mm. I definitely believed her performance. The makeup, a little hit and miss for me. Mm -hmm. It was okay, but honestly, I was expecting a much older woman. So when I saw her appearance at first, I thought, oh, guys, you really didn't age her enough. And then they tell us 36 years. Because with timey-wimey stuff, I was expecting a long time, just like a frail old woman. Not quite. But then also, uh, you you have one tube of lipstick for 36 years? How does that work? (laughs) (laughs) I guess that's a thing. Okay, and but also not even one gray hair. So... I don't know. Maybe a little bit. I wonder, is this Karen's right. first kick buddy time? I mean, because obviously she's going to go to start yeah, doing maybe. some action films yeah. in the Marvel yeah. Universe and. and uh, Gunpowder and, milkshake. And, yeah, so I guess maybe this is the start <laughs> of her showing that she can, you know, for her real, you know. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Right. I, but the, the bits that I like best are the bitterness. She does that very well. <laughs> and, and and it felt so appropriate. And we don't see it very much. You know, I mean, Rory waited for... A thousand years, whatever. A thousand years. And right. doesn't have that bitterness. We never see that really with him. Um, yeah. Whereas with her, and I, and I think it's important. I think it's an important thing to show. And I think a theme... Not often explored, not that it has to be done to death or anything, but, and they've touched on it sometimes, the cost of being with the Doctor. That we, you know, it's usually, mm. I mean, the danger, but then the adventure, and the, but there's a kind of another cost, there is kind a cost. of. It's true. There's always a risk. You don't know what necessarily is going to happen. It's certainly going to be a lot less safe than just staying on Earth. 
and I like seeing the doctor at the end because I think it's and it's hard to make it now that we're in classic era, Jessica and I with the fourth doctor. I don't know if you necessarily see it, maybe until the seventh doctor, Sylvester McCoy. But the doctor uh, is not human. And I, we don't often get that reminder. And here we get the, mm. no, I'm leaving her behind because that's what I'm doing. Because I'm a time lord and I've decided this is what's going to happen. Right. It With one viewing under me. This, is this his two feel like... <laughs> Not quite. Yes. I I kind of feel like the story resolves this way because it has to. Although I do appreciate the whole line of, you know, two Amys, can that work? And I, the doctor says, I don't know, it's your marriage. And <laughs> yeah. that was some good stuff. Uh, but honestly, I, as an audience member, I'm not envisioning the future here where there's two Amy's one younger one older trying to get along trying to make things work no that's far too complicated you know that there's only going to be one it's it's like highlighter there can only be one yes yeah so uh and then of course they kind of just try to brush it off as look the the the, this paradox cannot continue Mm. so this is where we mark that point this is done and then that's it but from the doctor's perspective, he's just doing what he has to do, and it might seem a little heartless, certainly, but at the same time, I kind of understand it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, there was there was no winning with this. True. There just wasn't, you know. You make the save, and then it's like having a baby on set, because now you've got two Amy's on set that you've got to deal with all the time and that's not convenient so you gotta do something um (laughs) yeah are you really going to go through the whole rigmarole of having one actor do the whole two characters thing for an extended period of time probably not that's a lot of production time that's exhausting for the actor and it's not not, once you've gotten past this initial story it's not an interesting thing to watch. No, you're right. Why would we care? Yeah. So I'm not sure what that situation would really bring to the table. Yeah. So, and if it gives you the opportunity to remind the audience that the doctor is not human, then. Yeah. He's not all fun and games. Yeah. 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 Right. Right. Which is a nice little kick in the butt every now and then. Mm-hmm. We need that. And gives the doctor this lovely depth. I mean, it's that's the thing that we love about him is that he is three-dimensional. He's not just the zany guy or the all-powerful god. At the end of the day, he's a time lord. He makes that call. Right. He understands things that we don't. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why he gets to make the judgment. <laughs> yeah. It kind of reminds me of sort of the 13th doctor, you know. This is the, you know, I forget what, what episode it was, but where she suddenly, like, reasserts herself. Like, instead of it being the fam, she's like, I'm at the top. This is, you know, this isn't a flat structure, uh, you know. But Yeah, suddenly this isn't a democracy. Yep. Yeah. All right. So, moving on, to, I remember, to me, not that, sort of in retrospect, this was sort of the beginning of the end of the series. So, these last three episodes for me. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I agree. Because I remember watching, I think I had watched The God Complex, which we're about to talk about. And then 
I was ever over at a friend's house or something, and it was like a Doctor Who group, and they ended up watching the Doc God Complex and Clothing Time together. So that sort of was really making the end before, of course, the very last episode. But before we get there, um, the God Complex. The Eleventh Doctor, Amy and Rory. Oh, we finally dropped the last names. <laughs> the Eleventh Doctor, Amy and Rory, investigate a hotel of horror where repeat business is low, but the body count is high. Where a mighty monster stalks the corridors and the rooms hold visions of angels, apes, and creepy clowns. Who, or what, has brought them to this place? Can the doctor solve the mystery before the residents check out in grisly style? So to me, this is more of a, um, I don't know, thriller, but it's like very uh, thinky piece. Mm. But what do you think of sort of this? Another scary one. A lot of them. Most David Williams. Yeah, That's true. You're right. I consider this one for yet another reference to Star Trek. It's TNG's The Royale and <laughs> Voyager's The Thaw. Oh. Oh. It's Hotel to Hell. Yes. Check out Never. <laughs> like, honestly, if I saw this place, I would run. Yeah. Getting the heck yeah. out of here. Mm-mm. Mm. No. Doctor doesn't have a good track record with hotels. Let's be honest. Okay. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, and I, I can't remember her name because it was in the, in the synopsis, but the... Uh, Young lady they introduced that uh, she had a med student or a doctor, I can't remember. Yeah, something um, like Yeah. But she was real, like, oh, I wanted her to be the new companion. She was really good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that kind of threw me for a loop because suddenly it just felt like the doctor is trying to recruit her. Mm-hmm. And she reminds me of a, a, a like a, a younger Yaz mm-hmm. in a way. Mm. And I'm like, why is he doing this? So it, it, then it shouldn't have been as much of a surprise to where suddenly we're. Were we really going to say goodbye to Amy and Rory? Is this- <laughs> it feels so fast. Like, he's just dropping them off. He's dumping them out. Nope, we're done here. And then he's going to try and go on adventures with this lady? Why? Wait a minute. Slow down. <laughs> this was It was very abrupt for me. I didn't really like that. And that would have been interesting for some Muslim companion. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now, that would have been cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I was really sad when she got it. You know, I was like, oh, I really liked her. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the other ones, I could have cared less about them. So, yeah. David Williams! <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, 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 um, oh, goodness. Isn't there a Star Trek? Oh, the bit, oh. Yeah, there was a Star Trek alien that does, um, the one where Picard, there's two Picards and he's trapped in the prison. And one of the people is that surrender alien. Um, cause it's like mm. the Chonoff. It's like what they get their trapped and they have like the gel circles that they can eat and it turns out that oh um, it was just a anyway. But um I kind of said that that concept of having a surrender alien um was was was, was from that episode now having David oh, yeah. as the surrender alien, yeah. you know. Um bless. Yes. And for yet another Trek reference, there's a rejected Borg slogan in this episode. Resistance is exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I, I'd like... We'll just tire you out. I like the concept of the rooms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I liked the concept that the Doctor has a room, and I believe that it was room 11, and we don't see mm-hmm. it, which I think is the right way to do it. Yep. Because <laughs> then you do see it eventually, and I'm like, 
I wish we could have just kept it a secret. Because um, nothing you show is ever going to meet what you think. And I think it would have been much more fun just to always be like, what did he see? Um, but anyway, because he just says, of course, what else would it be? Um, huh. But anyway, and then I, I like the ending very, as you would like it. The villain is actually... Not a bad guy. Just yeah. misunderstood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was actually a nice little twist because sometimes the the bad guys are really two-dimensional we're just you know i'm out to kill you Mm -hmm. and that sort of thing yeah and i i love a good i'm not really a bad guy and i I can't remember the final lines but it it was i think it's really good writing over like because he's translating what the minotaur or whatever saying and it's like oh you know i forget what it said like the great god who's you know da 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 and and it's like, oh, wait, he was talking about the doctor. And then it's like, oh. And then... <laughs> and so after that kind of deeper, you know, kind of thriller, horror, heavy, we get closing time. <laughs> yes. Craig Owens is having enough trouble trying to care for his child. The last thing he needs is the return of his old friend, the doctor. But as ever, trouble seems to have followed the doctor, this time with a silvery shine. Did you think you'd be seeing the return of Craig Owens, Char? <laughs> I did not. <laughs> and- I had no idea this was going to happen. And it's so funny because not that long ago, here in L.A., James Corden did a flash mob on an L.A. street mm-hmm. and held up traffic just being really annoying to everybody about it. Nobody was having fun except for him and I'm just in total contrast to this where like he's actually pretty fun and entertaining. It's just hmm. <laughs> I think I only like James Corden on Doctor Who. There you go. I th- I, yeah. And I imagine that there would be people who would agree with you. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's really a great fit for this character mm. who's just trying really hard to keep it together but bad luck seems to find a way with him. Yep. With with, uh, Stormageddon. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. And, okay, starting off with this episode, this is a good catchy teaser, but I can't can't say I was excited for yet another Cyberman story. Mm -hmm. I was just kind of sitting back and saying, all right, impress me. (laughs) (laughs) I get a little tired of seeing the Daleks and the Cybermen being the bad guys, almost like, on a very regular basis. they just, I understand their nostalgic favorites, and I'm just not there with that yet. Yeah. And again, going back to the previous episode, for me, it's because they are so one-dimensional. Yeah, it's just the same thing over... And there are so many of them, so you're not even getting, like, this particular one. Yeah, I just... I can't get behind yeah. it. And and they've thrown in some good twists here and there, but at the same time, I don't know. Can we not? Yeah. Can you think of something else? Yeah. The, the, you'll you'll have a, a good Cyberman experience, I think, with the 12th Doctor. Well, that's true. Okay. Um, but not for a little bit. Uh, and I'm trying to remember, because how does the God Complex end? Because obviously the Doctor is without Amy and Rory in this episode. Right. Well... Uh, I uh, cut this out. I don't remember. 
Uh, uh. I don't know. Total brain fart. Don't mind me. Because at the isn't it is it at the end of this episode where he sees Amy and Rory like over? Because she's like a supermodel now. And yes, well, yeah, that happens in this episode. Yes, like they've gone on, and now she is, I, I guess, not quite an influencer, but yeah, she has a perfume. Oh, I bet you. She gets stopped in the shopping closet. Mm-hmm. So I think if I remember, because I remember the scene, I don't remember, but I assume it must have happened at the end of the God Complex where he goes to Earth in front of a house and there's a car and the doctor's like, it's yours. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Because he's, he's dropping them off. It's like, Amy's going to tell you we say no. Don't believe her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So following up on uh-huh. that, it is good to see that Amy and Rory just kind of go on with their lives Mm -hmm. like they're they're up to things they're not just sitting around doing nothing no in fact she she's quite busy Mm -hmm. (laughs) she's really built a name for herself that was cool yeah because i feel like the conceit again i haven't obviously seen it since you have um the conceit of this episode kind of reminds me of like the end of time with the 10th doctor that we're supposed to be led to believe that you know when that when he first starts and shows up at the uh planet uh, what do they call the things that have the tubes in their head? Oh, the oogs. The oog. She was up on the oog planet, and it's kind of like he's been delaying responding to the distress call, you know, that he's gone. And to, you know, anyway. But I feel like that's what we get from the 11th Doctor, that like in between God Complex and Closing Time, there's apparently like 20 episodes of Doctor Who, <laughs> because he's like, he's been kind of doing his goodbye checklist, apparently, because he's trying yeah. to avoid... Meeting the the death day. Yeah, no, that is an absolute gap that you could have a lot of fun with in other iterations. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. I hope that'll happen. What do you think of the ending of this, where or like the kids are there, and I forget the doc- doctor says something, and like you have the voiceover of like, and the kids remember to this day. It's like I thought he looked funny in that hat, or you know something. I forget what <laughs> cowboy hat. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> But that that just the really the cowboy hat okay <laughs> a cowboy hat mm-hmm. I don't know I think we should also was... talk a little bit about Matt Smith playing football oh again yeah oh, yeah, yeah. yeah because Matt Smith yeah. was going to be a professional footballer and had an injury what? and wasn't able to so uh, yeah ah. so we get a little bit of him as a footballer <laughs> well all right yeah. Okay. Well, I I imagine that had to have been a lot of fun for him then. Yes. Yeah, I'm sure. To to marry his two passions in life. (laughs) Oh, you think we'll see him on Ted Lasso? (laughs) (laughs) Why not? (laughs) That'd be awesome. Yep. All right. I need to watch that show. Oh, Oh, yes. Well, let's get into it. The Wedding of River Song. All right. Something is wrong in the fullest sense of the word. At first glance, the world seems fine. But upon closer inspection, dinosaurs, Romans, and other things throughout time have appeared. Oddly, nobody seems to be bothered by it, like it was part of everyday life. Part two? No. Oh, uh, continuing. Another oddity has occurred. Despite the sun rising and setting like normal, the time is always the same. Only the doctor has the answer. And boy, oh boy, it's gonna be a whopper. Dear, dear. 
So, uh, did you think we got to see Churchill again? Did, we, did you know he's a recurring <laughs> character in this? No, I was not expecting Winston Churchill to make a comeback. No. And I was. Uh, Katie Couric gets a like two second cameo in this too. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm. And I was like, Katie Couric, of all people. Okay, I was not expecting that. Just like James Corden, like they're just pulling from all over the place here. It's crazy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, what the F was this world we were even in? And then uh, my, the next thing I put in my notes was followed up with, it's always a woman who gets blamed for effing everything. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And I mean, if I, again, you know, rule number one, the doctor lies. But um, if we're to go by the first episode of the series, it's uh, the difference between the doctor we see at the beginning and the doctor we see later. Wasn't it like 200 years? Because he said how old he was, right? Mm. Oh gosh, yeah, I forgot but, I mean, how exactly. Like I said, between God Complex and Closing Time, there had to have been a hundred years have passed, assuming he's telling the truth, um, because we now get this, the you know, Prime Doctor, now into the timeline, the different perspective of the other Doctor, um, you know, going to his death and summoning everyone, having the picnic, and... Right? It's all going to come full circle. Now, I did appreciate how it all comes together. Everything just kind of clicks. Mm-hmm. So kudos to Stephen Moffat for constructing a really well-told story. Mm. I mean, this had a lot of pieces to it, and not one thing stuck out as wrong, didn't fit, or odd. Like, no. No, flawless. Yeah. Yeah, no, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the, uh, you know, Amy, or the, this, this version of Amy kind of figuring things out. And, you know, he got to get changed into the clothes, though he still has that long hair, so his hair's starting to grow out. Um, what do you think of the long hair? Yeah, because, you know, he's the soothsayer. But that's his oh, real right. hair, that's that long. Because oh. even, when, even when he gets the suit back on, he still has that kind of long hair yeah. that he shaves his fake beard. Um, but, yeah. Well, because he, uh, I mean, you know, God bless it when you're not... But, like, he, he can shape that hair. Like, it's almost like Egon on the Ghostbusters cartoon. I mean, he can really get that thing going, you know. So... Because, mm. <laughs> yeah, because I think, cause I think when you go to the beginning of the series, like, or the beginning of his time in Doctor Who, you know, it's short, shorter hair. I mean, it's a little long, but... My girl? No. Um, but it's shorter hair. But I think yeah. the more he goes, he kind of stylizes that hair. It's very sweeping. And so, like, mm-hmm. I always think of him... Um, you haven't seen it yet, but, like, in The Snowman, when he's wearing that purple jacket... Yeah, he's just that's kind of his look for the rest of that series, and I think it's very good. That long, you know, so yeah. I, I, we do have a theory, I, not true with the ninth doctor, and obviously 13 different, but uh, I think um, the doctor's hair grows longer, they get a little better, yeah. That was our, that's our twelfth doctor thing. Oh, when you start to go a little bit longer, yeah. he starts yeah. a little better because <laughs> he starts his, I mean, not so what we really need. Mm-hmm. What we really need with Jodie Whittaker's final season is she's got a Rapunzel. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, we need a Rapunzel situation stat mm-hmm. for her last year. They just always get a haircut at the beginning of their run, and then yeah, and then let it grow for the rest of them. <laughs> their time. Yeah, <laughs> they're too busy filming. Mm-hmm. No time for haircut. Uh, indeed. So, like, I liked you know now having complained about how they met, but I did like the wedding. You know that it just mm. sort of, and yeah. then the I need a piece of cloth. Oh. Yes. <laughs> yes, a wedding followed soon by a murder. Question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was. It was. This was a great whodunit. Mm-hmm. Like, who was doing what with everything happening around here? That was. Those were the big questions I had. Was you're seeing the people, but and you're seeing what's happening, but 
there's just enough confusion and blurriness to make you question who is doing what. Yeah. <laughs> and if you throw in timey-wimey, then you've got possible, you know, other versions. I mean, yeah, it gets pretty complicated. What do you think of the so. twist that he was a doctor robot? Uh, did not see that coming. Mm-hmm. No, not in the least. So that was a, wait, what? Yeah, <laughs> as he's waving from the eye hole. <laughs> Yeah, Doctor Who? Yep. And so we sort of get the ending of the series with Lorian? I can't remember his name. You know? Yeah, it was Lorian because I'm like, Lorian from Babylon 5? <laughs> Head in the box, you know. <laughs> so, I'll keep your secret, of course. But, Doctor Who. Doctor Who. Doctor Who. Dun 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 dun. Shh. Yeah, and then we're off to a Christmas special. Hooray! Uh, yeah. All right, so let's do um, kind of a yeah. Well, anyway, I'll let you go ahead and do the synopsis for the Doctor, the Widow, and the Wardrobe. Christmas Eve. 1938. Madge Arwell comes to the aid of an injured spaceman angel, the 11th Doctor, who promises to repay her kindness. All she has to do is make a wish. Three years later, Madge escapes war-torn London with her two children for a dilapidated house in Dorset. Crippled with grief at the news her husband has been lost over the English Channel, she wishes to give her children the best Christmas ever. The Orwells are greeted by the doctor, who acts as their madcap caretaker. However, a mysterious Christmas gift from him leads them into a wintry, magical world. Madge must learn how to be braver than she ever thought possible, and that wishes can come true. So we know Shar hated this one. World War Two, boo! <laughs> World War Two, <II laughs> stupid. <laughs> now, 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 I I know why. Yeah, initially I thought, okay, not at all. <laughs> I really did, but this one won me over because as a Christmas time episode or a, what do you what do you call them a special yeah yeah special christmas yeah. special okay so a christmas special if you want something that's just feel good wholesome entertainment for this time of year this thing fits the bill it's exactly what it needs to be yes so i can't hate it yeah yeah i i this is one of my favorite of the christmas uh episodes i think uh, christmas carol probably tops the list but i like that because i like the whole complete escapism of it yeah um you know there are some where yeah you know santa claus shows up (laughs) but you know things like that the the escapism the fantasy of this i just think was delightful yeah you kind of get swept away with it and i mean especially i'm sure if you're a parent you can relate to madge where she's going to do anything for the well-being and protection of her kids. You do not mess with mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the big moral of this story. Yeah, and I, and I, I like that as the, the conflict, if you will. I mean, you get the, you know, scary tree creatures as the conflict. But, I mean, the larger conflict, of course, is, you know, will Madge tell her kids that, her dad, that their dad died? Um, and, I mean, I think that's the heart of the story. Because I think, every, you know, the story needs, or every story needs a heart. And that's what that one is. And I think that's what compels this one. But I, I, my 
complaint, quote unquote, about this story is that the Doctor doesn't do anything. I mean, like, he creates the gateway, but other than that, pretty passive the whole time. Yeah. There's nothing he does that affects anything that happens, you know. It's not really about him. No, yeah, that's, yeah. you know. Yeah, and you say he doesn't really do anything, but at the end, he brings the dad back. Well, she does, technically. Yeah, but. <laughs> With his help. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, she couldn't have done that without him, and yet, yeah, it kind of was her, wasn't yeah. it? So, which is fine. I mean, that's, you know, it's one of those things of, like, yeah, kind of classic Who in a way. Yeah. Passive yeah. Doctor, yeah. which is fine. But, you yeah. Know, you don't have to get that yeah, new I Who. I watch this one often. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd have to be in the right mood for it, but if I want my heart warmed, my black little heart, <laughs> i put this on. Yeah. And then you can go sleep yeah. in a hammock. Yeah. You know, I've always wanted to do that. I, <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> they call me many things. The doctor, the caretaker, the please get off this planet. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, and I do nothing against any companions. It's always interesting when you do a companionless quote-unquote doctor. I mean, obviously, that's Madge and the kids for the sake of... But you know what I'm talking about. So Because you don't you get to see the Doctor flex. What is this character without Amy and Rory or future mm. companions to come? You know. Well, and sure. I think it does give you the benefit, as you say, you know, the children or the companions sort of in this one, to switch it up mm-hmm. and see what happens when he's got children for companions or mm-hmm. when, he, you know, finding companions in the space. Which is kind of what happened last time because... Mm-hmm. Um, the kid, Ebenezer, was his companion, basically. Yeah, you know. yeah. Yeah. Also, if I'm trying to figure out how Amy and Rory would fit into this story, I don't think they'd be a good fit for it. So it's really an advantage that they're not here. Yeah. Oh. What would they do? They would just be taking away from the 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 guest characters, if you will. Yeah. Although it would have been, and I appreciate we're not doing a rewrite. Um, <laughs> although perhaps maybe we should. Um, it would have been interesting to do a juxtaposition of what they were doing. Oh yeah. In at Christmas time, having lost their baby, dealing with all of that. And then the idea, the doctor's guilt of not being able to do anything for them. But he, now he's got these kids. But he can help this family, you mm-hmm. know, and that sort of, that would have been an interesting. We get, I'm trying to remember who the guest, we get um, Bill, oh, what's his name? Comedian. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to remember what we, we know, know him from. Um, yeah. He was on Countdown. You know, yep. you know, Bill but, Bailey. Yes, Bill, Bill Bailey. Bailey. Mm-hmm. Pete's sake. So, um, yeah, this is always Christmas uh, is always an ep- or opportunity to bring in some British comedians playing some roles, even though it's a very small role. He's one of the, you know, minor he said astronauts. Christmas is the way to do it, but they're doing it for the 13th Doctor's companion. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know him at all. Yeah. yeah. But. Well, yeah, Bradley like, Walsh, I guess. Well, yeah. Bless. bless. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so, yeah, this is... This, Catherine Tate. That's true. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Well, yeah. <laughs> Just started here. All the comedians want to be have dramatic reels, I guess. David Williams. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, yeah, this was uh, enjoyable. Certainly, not, you know, keeping with the uh, English literature theme. We, yep, Christmas absolutely. Christmas Carol, now we have... Yes, that's right. C.S. Lewis, so... Yeah. Yes. But, the, yeah, this now, is frothy. Now, question for you both. Mm-hmm. 
Now, have you read The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, The Chronicles of Narnia? Yeah. Okay. Yes. I did, too, when I was in the sixth and seventh grade, so of course I don't remember crap at this mm. point. Spoiler, they're <laughs> about the Jesus. Easter egg references. Say that again, sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, were there little, like, Easter eggs in this episode that were totally over my head because I didn't remember like, I mean, what was in the book? Just the premise, I mean, that you know. You know yeah. It's the, you know, because in the book, it's the... They sent the kids away from the cities um, to live in the country because they wanted to be away from the bombing. And that's where we sort of get sending them, you know, posts, which is the same concept, just the mom is with them this time. Yeah. To go live in the country to escape the bombing. Um, And then you have uh, the caretaker, which I forget the character's name um, in the books. You you don't really see him, though, you know, spoiler alert, you see him at the the end of the series um, as being the one who built the wardrobe or whatever um so yeah i mean other than that and creating the gateway into the another world that the snowy world of course mm-hmm. that was the white witch or the, what right yeah white queen snow queen snow queen I think. Something, something whatever yeah. yeah okay it's been a little while so no deep cuts yeah because <laughs> no, you have the, no. the, the 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 boy i was gonna say the kid there's two kids um, the boy playing kind of the Edmund role because mm-hmm. he's the one who sneaks in first, just like Edmund yeah. snuck. Well, Lucy technically did, but you know what I mean. And sort of. And the girl's a little bit like Susan. Yeah, a little, a little older. More sensible. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. yeah. But, so yeah. ish, 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 ish. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I was just curious. Yeah. This one's not about Jesus. So. This one's not about yeah. Jesus. Of course, is it, I didn't feel really like the. Others of the Chronicles of Narnia really were the other books. Yeah, yeah. no, I, not. I mean, yeah, I'm sure they're there are somehow, or, yeah. or at least biblically. I, but. I feel like like you've got your Jesus book, and then he's just writing fantasy books. Yeah, that horse and the boy, <laughs> and that you know, yeah. Prince Caspian. I yeah. don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Voyage of the Dawn Treaders about flat earthers. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um. But yeah, it's a nice, sweet way to end. So, so yeah. So, what do you expect from next series, the third series of Doctor with the Eleventh Doctor? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, we. I have no idea. You know, we, the Doctor's gonna die. <laughs> We've already done that. I know that. Much. Yeah, he's already done that. Um, well, we prepared you that you will be saying goodbye to Amy and Roy soon. Oh. So. Yeah. Okay. I'm. I'm really sad to be saying goodbye to them, mm-hmm. but of course, another companion I'm sure is going to come into the mix. How that all plays out, I'm going to find out. I mean, I really, I try to go in with no real expectations, and then the story can just twist in my head and I can come up with theories, but every series is kind of its own new thing, so getting started, I have no idea what they're going to do and where they're going to go with it. Yeah, mm-hmm. It'll be fun. Yeah, and I I will um I think you have to be spoiled a little bit because that's how it happened in real life. Um it, Oh, okay. I can, uh, me I have to show you a picture, but cuz the way it came about before the series started is that there will be a new companion. The companion will be okay. Jenna Louise Coleman. I'll have to show you a picture. Um and so just know going in to the first episode, you know, I, we, you know, we're not, we're not, we're not going to end that episode, but like the new companion of eventually come will be Jenna Louise Coleman. And so I think it's important that you know what she looks like. And so you can, whenever, you know, whenever she pops up in the series, she'll be like, Oh, that's the new companion. Yeah. That's all I'll say because. Okay. There was certainly a reaction the first time people saw her. Yeah. And the okay. second time you saw her. 
And some, the third time. Yeah. I have no idea where this is yep. going. I'm intrigued. Yeah, it'll be fun. Yep. It'll be fun. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just going to have to step right to it, huh? <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. Enjoy. And then um, I'm trying to do, do the whole season, next season in my head. Um, uh, because this is another year break. So, in other words, the mid season break for next season is the Christmas special. That's how long it took. Oh. So. Okay. Wow. Yeah. All right. They really took their time with this, huh? Yeah, which is, I, sometimes I hate Matt because, uh, kind of with 13, Matt played the doctor hand quotes for many years but he only had x number of series because it was like sure you know two series over two years so but anyway yeah. It, it, yeah it's much more pleasant to be able to watch them all whenever you darn well please mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm sure for the audience it was frustrating but Especially. as a showrunner i'm sure it was wonderful to take your time and Make sure you've got all this stuff. Mm. Like there, there was a, a 12th Doctor season or year where he had a Christmas special. And the next episode was next year's Christmas special. Oh, dang. Yes. And I was like, gee, be crazy. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> well, they do what they want. They do what they, they want. They do what they want. <laughs> so, but anywho, and then we'll start right. counting down to the 50th. Yay. Okay. Yeah. I don't have to wait a whole year. Started this week. Yay! All right. All right. Well, where do folks want to learn more about your Doctor Who adventures or maybe some Star Trek adventures? Where can they find you, Shar? Best place is to look for me on Twitter. My handle is O oh, the Profanity, and I'm doing a Star Trek a Lower Decks commentary right now podcast with Tristan Riddell, my longtime co host. Every time an episode is released on Thursdays, We've got a commentary track for you, so you can check that out if you're interested. Nice. Awesome. Well, until next time and uh, whatever we'll be watching next, enjoy the Doctor's many adventures throughout time Time and and space. This is BBC Television.